welcome to the Inspirate Podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings, and I will be sharing stories and talking with everyday people who will encourage, will inspire, and will motivate. Throughout my journey of life, I have been very lucky to meet many beautiful people with amazing stories of transformation and growth. Inspirate is here to bring out the best of you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to a Inspirate podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening to some great stories of motivation, transformation, inspiration, what Inspirate's about, encourage, motivates, and inspires. Our last podcast was a couple weeks ago, and I want to thank Coach Jill at B3 Fitness for coming on again, discussing some of the trends, some of the fads, answering questions about fitness, about dieting, about all in between. Coach Jill has changed my life, changed my wife's life, and numerous friends and families by more or less giving custom one-on-one approaches to fitness, to eating, and teaching you the science behind it, staying away from the fads and learning what foods to eat, what not to eat, and when to eat them. Absolutely fantastic program here at B3 Fitness with Coach Jill. You can follow her on her website at fitb3.com, fitb3.com, or like her and follow her on Facebook at Team B3 Fitness. That's the Facebook handle. And then if you want to follow her on Instagram, she posts tons of good stuff. Uh, you would follow her at B3 Fitness, and it's at Jill B3 Fit. Jill B3 Fit for Coach Jill at B3 Fitness. Thank you so much, Coach Jill, for all the knowledge and, and the education that you provided us, the listeners, last couple podcasts. This podcast is going to be with Paul Bayo, one of the owners of Plermos of 63rd Street. Plermos of 63rd Street, you've heard the advertisements on every show because they're one of our show sponsors but paul's got an awesome story because he's a younger guy he's uh around 42 43 i'm gonna take a wild shot at but he's a business owner not only is he a business owner but he balances a family he balances the kids sports he balances three restaurants and he does them all with home runs it's amazing to see him balancing all that it's very inspiring very uh, encouraging that he's able to hit all three of them out of the park. Uh, family, you know, his restaurants, and his personal life, you know, making sure that he's staying healthy, he's in good shape, he exercises, uh, and his family is there with him the entire way, and his restaurants are there too. So we're going to talk to him about his story. It's going to be a two-part series. Uh, Paul's going to get into how he made it to where he's at today, and then the second part, we're going to talk about uh, being a business owner during the COVID-19 era, you know, the, the lockdowns, uh, small businesses were struggling horribly. We're going to get into that, and that's going to be in the second part. Until then, enjoy the first part of Player Moses 63rd Street podcast with one of the owners, Paul Bale. Second part will be out soon, but I do want to mention that this podcast would not be possible if it was not from the help of a Tory Foot and Ankle Specialist. Located in Homer Glen and New Lenox, Illinois, Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist provides comprehensive podiatry services to people of all ages. Dr. Christopher Vittori and Dr. Amit Thakrar are dedicated to helping patients treat a wide range of foot and ankle issues. With expertise in ankle sprains, bunion treatment, diabetic foot care, neuropathy, and more, 
the team at Vittori put ankle specialists combined its professional experiences to deliver effective and targeted treatments. The team is committed to creating a safe and professional environment where patients can feel comfortable addressing any of their foot and ankle concerns. To learn more about the podiatry services at Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist, use the online booking tool or call the office to book an appointment today by calling 708-273-7080, visiting them at VittoriFootClinic.com and liking and following their Instagram and Facebook pages. We are recording right now. Oh, wow. So like with the, the youth sports stuff that I have enough background and knowledge in the sport of football where I don't need it. You know, I, if he wants that direction, I can guide him. But okay. I am not living vicariously through him. And I see that so much in youth sports today. And in, in my last two years of officiating youth football, sure. I mean, I saw stuff that would just make me want to puke based off of the parent behavior, yeah, off of little it's kids. It's a little bit you know, much. I told one coach flat out that this kid just learned how to use the bathroom three years ago, and you expect <laughs> him to get into this type of a stance? It's sad. Like, are you out of your mind? I can't even, you can't even get college kids in proper stances. You know, our high school kids in proper stances. And, and you want this kid to hold a 30-pound uh, amount of equipment on him, or I don't know if it's 30 pounds, and then expect him to get into a stance. Yeah, that's Are you ridiculous. out of your mind, you know, into a proper stance? And that that's one of the things that drive me up a wall. Uh, oh, I can imagine. Sports is the, is the constant vicarious living of uh, and the yelling and the screaming. And it's just, what happens when you yell at a dog? What happened? What happens to that dog or the animal? It's like scarred. Yeah, he, he cowls. Yeah. He doesn't want to perform better. No, so I you're agree. you yell at a kid. Do you think it's getting worse? You oh, see yeah. it more and more? Oh, it, it's, it's out Society? of control. Parents and have higher sports? expectations? Yeah, because it's so, it's so ultra competitive. I'm going to have right. you move your microphone back a little bit towards me. Gotcha. There you go. So then when you talk, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of like... Uh, this muffle? Re- yeah, you're getting a ton of looks yeah. like an EKG. That's what it looks like right That's now. That's pretty talking. cool. But it's it's became so hyper competitive, and I don't know if it's. I'm going to say it's probably not the hyper competitiveness of the kid. Mm-hmm. It's the parent. It's the water cooler talk. So then they can go to their work or their job yes. site, and they're wearing their travel baseball because you know travel baseball. It's so important. Right. Right. But yet right. there's no such thing as in-house leagues anymore. So every team's travel. So what do I get to say now? Well, my kid's on travel. Yes. But every team's travel. travel. Yeah. But they want to wear their personalized sweatshirt that has their last name on it, that has Hastings or Bale. It's kind of like high school all over again. Yeah, it it is. In the parent level. Yeah, in the parent level. And then they can use their their varsity coat as the windshield. Or is is the rear rear window with all the stickers of all the The different programs they're on. Yeah, it's it's the status. Yeah, I see that. I see that all the time. yeah, it, it's it's a real shame. I'm gonna have you push it back just a little bit. There you go. Cool. Right. Well, I have Paul Bale across from me right now. We are at the Palermo's of 63rd Frankfurt location. I feel like this. I mean, I can host shows here all the time. I feel I want to take a nap. It's, it's nice. comfy. It is. It's really comfy. It's like home. You know, it's home for you because you're here. How many days a week? Uh, I start the morning off here five days a week, okay. and then I travel to 63rd. 
And then I end my day in Indiana, which my wife thinks I'm crazy because I go to three locations in one day. Kind of like Santa Claus. Right. You are. You're the Italian Santa Claus. You're Dominic. <laughs> Dominic the donkey. I love that song. I jam to that song when I go to 63rd and I think of Uncle Frank yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's good. So so you're at, you are at three locations at any given night, just, yeah. just keeping a pulse on it. You know, I try to do like a like a structured schedule, but it just doesn't end up that way. Okay. Either somebody's short or this or short staffed or so we're gonna we're gonna start at the very very beginning we were just Uh talking about our kids and our sports and and the homes that they grow up in and and the type of uh environments that you know you and and your wife who's just a a beautiful person as well as you and thank you and my wife and what we try to instill into our families into our children and you learned at a very very early age i'm going to assume what work ethic meant and what nothing's for free and you got to grind all the time. So we're going to go back when you were, your, your earliest memories of of how we got to today. We're going to tell the story. We're going to tell the Paul Bayo story of how we got to sit across from each other. We got two coffees. I've got probably about 100 boxes of Palermo's ready to go. And, and I did have our, we had our Palermo's pizza on Saturday or Friday. Those are special treat. Oh, was, awesome. was Palermo's treat. I and, appreciate uh, and it. And pasta sal, which is fantastic. Not really, you know, following the diet code, but I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. cheat <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. So when you first started, how, how did how did your how did you get your feet wet as a young as a young kid in this industry? All right. So I actually started when I was 13. So there's probably some child labor laws involved, but not at all. Okay, no. good. Um, so I started with 13. My my two uncles, Joe and Frank were kind of like my dad they kind of raised me i they took me you know to work all the time right. because i had nothing else to do around the house and they kind of i always kind of looked up to these guys and like you said they work really hard and it's kind of like a role model so i right. kind of just followed their flow um and then my dad had a furniture store on pulaski so at like seven in the morning i would help my dad out upholster furniture we'll do like sweep the shop whatever and then I would run I would run the 63rd Street, uh, which was a block from my dad's store, and then I would hang out with my uncles. What was the name of the furniture store? Paul's Upholstery, ironically. It's 63rd and Pulaski. It was 65th and Pulaski. Wow. So when I was 13, I started off there with my dad and my, my grandpa. So, so Palermo's is my mom's side. Right. Um, my one uncle never had a son, so I kind of inherited me. So that's how I got involved in all this Palermo thing because – you know, there was no one else to kind of take over. So, um, so my mom and her and him, our brother and sister, obviously, but going back, so I would never got in the furniture business. I liked it, but it was just kind of boring. I like talking to people like you, yeah. you know, I had yeah. to be in the, in the action. So, so I would start there when I was younger and then I would, I would walk or run whatever to 63rd street. And then I would hang out with my uncles all day till like one in the morning. It was fun. We slang pies and I thought it was cool. So I just, kept doing it not only that but you were going to school as a kid too yes yes so what what was school so you were active in in the business in the family businesses since i was little since you were little and then you were also an athlete you also did sports yes yes i um i played baseball like we talked about but it was actual rec baseball it wasn't travel stuff whoa whoa (laughs) like you, you mean that there was town teams there was an actual bunch of teams and the kids weren't all superstars. So, like, you wore, like, a T-shirt? So, I had a T-shirt and my pants wow. never matched. So, you, you didn't have, like, no. specialized gear and, I didn't like, have my 17 name. bats? No, I didn't have Jordan bats. pants with my name on the side with my number, no. 
Right. Because everyone remembers the best sixth grade player. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, so we, I played that and then, um, most of the time and then I hung out at the restaurant a lot right. and, you know, as I got older, I did go to Marist and I kind of stuck with the pizza. Like I stayed with my uncles more okay. than my dad. My dad wasn't offended. He understood. If you need help or a short delivery guy delivering furniture, I would do it too, of course. So I always had the two grinds of the two businesses since I was little. So was your mom, was your mom in the more of the pizza side or was she helping your dad? Yeah. So my mom was always with Frank and the pizza side. Okay. She was kind of behind the scenes making the sauce and all yeah. that. Okay. Um, and my other aunt who uh, was with my uncle Joe who passed away. So that was yeah. Frank's partner. And that's how I got even more involved because when uncle Joe died, I kind of felt, I filled that gap. You had to take over. Yeah. Know. Cause I was away in college. I actually went to school for car design, automotive design. We're going to talk about that. In a minute. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. So, so that's how I basically, in a nutshell, how I got into Palermo's. Now, you have a, a lovely sister. Yes, my sister Adriana. And now, was she involved, too, at she all? She never or? was really involved. She would help me if I was shorthanded. Um, and, you know, she she's a great help. Um, and even now, she helps me twice a week. So yeah. she, she was involved, you know, here and there, but not, like, on a daily basis. Um, so it is a family business, so she's... You know, she's willing to step up when I need her, which is good. It's amazing to know, like, you, you know what type of people you're, you're with based off of what they did. Like, if they were working in family businesses as, yes. as youngsters. Now, I, I don't know if you know this, but my grandfather invented the pooper scooper. Get out of here. Swear to God. It the invented, pooper it was, scooper? Yeah, it was called the skit scooper. Dude. And it was the one-handed dog poop picker yes. upper. I'll send you a photo of it. It's, it was insane. That is insane. So he invented that. And and he did it just purely. He hurt his knees. The story is is that he became disabled. He was a, uh, an iron worker, okay. And he broke both of his knees on oh a job gosh. site. And so he had to pick up his dog at the time was named Putter, and he had to pick up Putter's dog poop. And so and so he invented this device called the skit scooper. <laughs> That's awesome. And so he had a patent and everything. And, wow. And he was the the only one handed dog poop picker upper from. Uh, all the 80s, late 70s, That's all the amazing. 80s, and early 90s, mid early to mid 90s, and uh, it, it went away uh, when he passed away. You know, its business didn't really. Um, you know, he was the driving force of it, right. as you know, right? Yeah. It, there's always a driving force of it. And if you don't have an equal driving force, it'll fizzle it's out. Tough. So from what, from what I remember, that my earliest memories was. Uh, going to the factory and it was always a big deal to go to the factory because right. it was a reward based if we worked hard uh-huh. that we were rewarded and it was incentive compensation bonus pay whatever child labor law whatever you want to call <laughs> I was it gonna say. but that's how we learned and Mike and I we would go and we okay. would put rivets in these little nuts that held the springs uh-huh. and we would sit there and we would have to fill out so many that's awesome. uh, bins of them well how old were but you? we started doing that and third grade wow and we would sit there we would listen there's this guy named kenny and he lived down in kankakee because the original factory was down in kankakee okay so we would drive to kankakee we'd spend the night it was always a big deal during summer breaks we would spend (laughs) the night with grandma and grandpa hastings that's awesome and then we would go get breakfast there was this greek diner it was called maplewood manor it was in mount greenwood i don't know if it was else at mount greenwood it was right there at uh plasky at 100 and um 115th in Pulaski. It's kitty corner to the by intersection Maris, by Maris. Yeah. Now, now it's a it's a, a Mexican restaurant. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was the place. It was called Maplewood Manor. What that was before. It was this Greek diner. It was the yeah. best. So we would get breakfast, 
and then we would just take we would take Cicero all the all way, way down. down, all the way down. We'd hop on fifty seven, and then fifty seven yeah. we would take Get it to right Kankakee. In. But then we were at Bourbon A, or they moved to Moni, and so that's like where all oh. my memories was in Moni, uh, and because the old factory was a, it was called the Roper. Do you remember Roper appliances? Yes, it was a real big. Yes. So they had a part of the old Roper factory, okay. and it burnt down, except oh. for their unit burnt wow. down. So then they moved to Moni off of Stunkel and Cicero. Okay. And now it's a giant gas station, and wow. it's it's all you know it's not what it used to be, but. We would go there and we would fill out these rivets and we would tape boxes and then the older we got, the more responsibility we had. But we were paid. We were paid based off of video games, and we got to go out to dinner <laughs> if we worked really hard. We got special dinner, which so, was like the coolest thing ever. We would awesome. go to Nino's because Nino's yes. was right down the street from my my grandparents' house. Right, right, right. Didn't know Palermo's back then. Palermo's was too far north. Too far. We were 111th and Pulaski. 65th or yeah, 63rd. That's, that's a couple of bus rides yeah. away. Yeah. But we, we would have uh, we would get rewarded with that, and so then we understood the value the value, and yeah. so what what we do with our kids now is the same thing. No, it's true. You know, right. and it's like sport like wrestling. You right. know, and and there's either you you do good and you're rewarded. Right. You you do what you're supposed to do because it's expected, which is always do good. But if you exceed, you're rewarded. Yeah. And and that sounds like sort of like a, a philosophy that you that you had growing up of working hard and reap the benefits of working hard yeah and i think our kids see that through us you know obviously. i hope so well that's our Knock that's the game plan. so far they do they haven't fell so off far, reservation but who knows right <laughs> but um no i totally agree with you i mean you you set that foundation and then they just follow and yeah. hopefully you know again you never know some kids do change when they're older but right we do the best we can right? exactly where'd you go to grammar school so i went to all public uh journaling in Orland Park. In Orland Park. I've nice. been, and now I'm back to Orland. I lived in Mokina, and now I'm back yeah. to Orland again. Yeah. I'm like a pigeon. I, I was back. at Jurling on Saturday for a basketball tournament for Maggie. And Oh, Maggie. Play, okay. And yeah. what's funny is my kids play for the Eagles, so it's like the Orland Park. Yeah. Um, and they practice there. So I went there, so I was like, this is cool. It's kind of like little Kyle going to Andrew. Yeah. You know? It's really see cool. see Maggie going to Jurling. That's, that my, that's my old old hood over there. So, um, so, yeah. So I went to all public school, and then... Um, my parents wanted me to go to Marist, right. so all guys, so I wasn't too happy because all my friends went to Sandberg, and that's where I met my lo- lovely wife at Sandberg because we had mutual friends. Um, went to the Sandberg football games, which, yeah. you know, Andrew and Sandberg had some powerhouses back yeah. there when oh, we yeah. played. It's so always a rivalry. Um, and then, so what happened is uh, I had to s- split parts. My parents really wanted me to go to Marist. Don't ask me why. Um, probably well, it's a great school too. Yeah, it's know? a good school, but I yeah. wanted to be with my friends. Yeah, but I did it, and I, and I actually liked it. So yeah, um, I wrestled for there. I did. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's kids are doing sports, the worst thing I did was take junior year off. I don't know why. Of school? Of wrestling? Oh, of sports? Yes. Why? Because I wanted to concentrate on my grades. So what was that an excuse for? You well, just didn't want to do it? I don't know. I loved it. My parents are like, "You have to get into Purdue," and I'm like. Okay, and back then they just thought I couldn't do both, but I now I regret it because I could have, because your junior year is like when you, you know, you kind of like get all your knowledge. So I, I, I I'm just gonna call for what it was, what it is, is that were you influenced to to say hey don't do sports? Did you feel a strong influence of of, of mom and dad? Which so they're, they're, I mean their hearts are in a great spot. Did you get that strong influence? So they didn't really push me to do anything, which. You know, 
was kind of weird because nowadays parents are pushing. Why? Because they kind of trust my judgment. Um, yeah. I didn't make the baseball team over there because I played, you know, OA. Right. right. But um, excuse me if you hear noise because no, the, the workers hey, this are coming work, in. This is a working shop. The workers awesome. are coming in. They actually so have. Cool. A, they're doing the reserves over there in Markham, the U.S. Army reserves. They do caterings. Every really? Month. Yeah. So that's oh, kind of cool. cool. So we go over here and they they prep everything, get everything done. So yeah. But anyways, jumping back to the baseball, I didn't make the Marist baseball team, so okay. I was a little down. Okay. And then um. So then push that um, back a little bit. All right. You get that loud Italian I'm voice, man. You're, you're carrying it. Um, so then I ended up doing wrestling and my parents yeah. were never like, they're just like, you know, do whatever yeah. you feel like you want to do. They're not like, you know, you got to be the best wrestler or the best baseball player or you didn't make the team. Oh my gosh. Right. You know, it's over. I'm taking it out of Maris. We're going to try somewhere else. Cause some parents do that. Um, they pull them out of schools because they want them to make the team. So I actually wrestled freshman year and I did really well. I never wrestled in my life, but I, I thought it was so cool. So, um, we, I won some tournaments, won all conference freshman, sophomore year, kicking butt. Did you mature early? Yeah. I was shaving Kyle when I was in eighth grade. I could never tell that now. It looks like you dragged your, your <laughs> cheek on gravel. I shaved twice a day. But, Seriously. Um, but, it's insane. Yeah. This is five weeks, man. Wow. I'm doing a contest. Oh, not my own not contest. It's like a, I want to see how long I can get this. So yeah, I got a good. beard going. And so my here's my goal because I'm not officiating anymore. Right. So I, I'm very, as you know, I like doing charity stuff and helping. Yes. I just like giving back. That's awesome. So my goal now, since I don't have to be clean shaved for football, oh. is starting in July, June, July. I want to see how long I can, can get, get this. It. Are you gonna braid it? No, no, I'm not gonna braid it. But it's gonna be even better. So right now, this is why I'm growing it because I want to see how long it takes to grow to a certain point. So I know the months I need to plan. You know, forecasting, uh. playing chess. So it's then this uh, November, this the Friday after November. I'm dyeing it white. I'm dying all my hair white. Just dyeing it all white? Dying it all white. So I'm going to be a real beard Santa. There you go. That Now that is cool. And I never see those really. It's very hard to see. So I'm, I want to be a real beard Santa. Dude. I want to get a custom suit. And I and Santa's real, but I'm going to be one of Santa's, Santa's helpers. But a real beard Santa. And my whole, my whole mission of that is just to help out. Like if there's kids that are sick. That's awesome. That, hey, I know a guy. He just shows up. That, that's it. My whole my whole mentality is paid forward. That's it. All I want to do is pay it forward. Someone someone's like, "Hey, what do you charge? Do something nice you know for what? somebody." I have an idea. Why don't what we is do it? Boxes of slices that I will. We'll team up. And Let's you do can, it. You know, whether it's 40, 50 slices of cheese. Let's you do put it. that in your bag. You know, those kids will be so happy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's done. It's done. But I like th- helping like you. So that, that's the goal. That's what I. That's what I want to awesome, see. Man. And, like, I want to go just, like, show up at, like, senior centers where, like, is – I don't know if you know anybody that has, like, Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, a lot of memory yeah. goes back to when they were children. Uh, and they true. love Santa. Yeah. You just show up. I didn't even think and of that. And I'm already a giant – I mean, a big, a big person, you know, so I don't mm-hmm. really need that much stuffing. And, and I walk You're in. You're lean now, though. I'm, I'm getting – yes, I You're am lean. lean. But I have – you know, I got the deeper voice. And I can go in there with the beard. I got the they beard. Tug on it. They like can tug tough. on it. It's real, you yeah. know. But and then it's also the the points of like walking around a store, and the, like a little kid looks, and I just have to yeah, smile. Yeah, that's awesome. I just have to smile, that's or I'll priceless. have like a bell in my pocket. That's priceless. And that would just keep the belief alive. Yeah. That just, I just the little kid. Can you imagine seeing a, a six three, but white beard guy walking keep, around with some keeps, type of? Yeah, they keep staring. Yeah, then you just say hi. Were you good this year? And then their eyes open up, 
That's all you got to say. Yeah. Or like I walk into Bree's class, who's a first grade, second right. grade. Around it's like the Santa Claus movie. Yeah, with Tim it's Allen. a magical thing. Yeah, behind and it. everyone's staring, and I don't have to say anything. I don't have to answer anything, but I could just smile. Yeah, you just smile. Yeah, and, and you got them. Mm-hmm. You got them. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool. that's. I don't know how. Oh, we talk about shaving five times a day for you. So that's how we got diverted. It, oh, yeah. As you notice, there's a lot of diversions, like side stories that come that's off good, the stories. Because it's, like I was saying, your podcasts are cool. I like, enjoy them because it's just through the heart, like it's from the heart. So yeah, it's not nothing like scripted. scripted and yeah. it's like us talking like just we BS always talk. It. Yeah. So you're shaving six times a day in high school <laughs> and you're wrestling. You developed early. Yeah. And you took the year off. I did, junior year. And then you started to think about Art. You're probably really good at art, right? Yes. What's your background with that? So I've always was into art when I was little. Um, and so getting back to this is kind of automotive design, it was very competitive. So I didn't know. So I went get into engineering at Purdue. But little did I know, it's it's more than engineering. It's more styling. So I took that year off just to concentrate on my art background. And I did really well. I won some awards at Maris. I got some of my stuff hanging in the... So I kind of put wrestling aside and I concentrated on art and getting into this school because I wanted to design cars ever since I was little. I always loved them. Um, but the best school was in Detroit, Michigan. So I took, I took a year off. Getting, I got into Purdue. But then I found out if you want to be an automotive designer, it's either California, Cali, BMW, Nissan is all in California. And the big three schools are in Michigan. So it was called CCS. It was by Wayne State. I did get into it, and then I started designing cars right out of school. I still did pizza stuff on the weekends when I came home, um, but I missed it. But I just wanted to be a designer. So it was nice because um, my uh, senior year, I was in the, asked to do the auto show. Um, Ford sponsored a Jaguar project. At the time, they owned Jaguar. So the 2003 auto show, I was in there with a full clay model. I had a little wall, and it was like the best. Uncle Frank came with his camera, and he was all excited. My whole family thought I won the World Series. They were so happy. So, so you did clay. To, oh, jeez. Jeez, what, Kyle. What did we just do? You just hit the oh, microphone. Oh, God. Typical me. Is it okay? All right. Yeah, just go push it out a little bit. Sorry. I got excited. Sorry. The hands are flying, man. You're <laughs> like a, talking like, with my hands here. You're like Kung Fu Lu. <laughs> jeez, man. So, uh. What were we talking about? I don't know, but I got. They knocked your mic out. Left I know. Up. No, you're man. You're like Rocky, man. Just like <laughs> coffee in one hand, right hand up. Yo. Um. So 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 I did well in automotive design. <laughs> you're the first person to hit the microphone. <laughs> All right. Make it known. I'm the first person, and I, it was a left hook. It was yeah. good. Um, All right, relax. All right. Okay. Sorry. I should have got you that coffee. Man. I know. I had three of them. You're all roped. <laughs> from from one from. It's gonna be a long Sunday. Feel feel bad for the workers. I know. I'm gonna be wired. I know. All right. <laughs> so we're talking about design. Um, so yeah. So I went there. Um, so it paid off. Um, and then um, tragically, my my senior year, my my uncle passed away. Friends. And uncle. Uncle Joe. And were you close? And you were close with them because you worked yes. in the store yes. all the time. Yes. He was kind of my mentor. Him and yeah. Frank. So my you dad, had, of course, you, you too, had your dad, but then were they like big brothers? They in were a way? like big brothers. They yeah. always told me, you know, always like your life lessons, you know, like you know, basic stuff that I carry with you for the rest of your life. You know? Right. Um, so he passed away tragically in a car accident, and he was the backbone of Palermo's. He was like the rock of Palermo's. Yeah. Um, so when he died, Frank, my my smaller uncle, 
he was a younger uncle, kind of was lost. So uh, here I was in Detroit, and I'm like, oh, they were brothers. And they were brothers. They were brothers. Oh man. And my mom so, helped, but you know, Joe was big shoes to fill. He's, and how, and I, I'll never fill his shoes. But how close were they in age? They were about four years apart. Frank okay. and Joe. Okay. Yeah. So and they started Palermo's in the '60s. And with Joe was the oldest. Joe was the middle. So actually, this, the history behind this is there was Ben, Joe, and Frank. Okay. Ben was the oldest, then Joe, and then Frank. Okay. And then my mom was the youngest, and she kind of was like that little pestery sister that would hang around. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. I do. But, um, <laughs> but um, so everything was fine. Taste Chicago, 80s. We were all on 63rd. But my one Uncle Ben, which is understandable. You have three butlers in one restaurant. You're going to go crazy. He decided to uh, open one in Oakland. So Ben went to Oakland, and Frank and Joe stayed on 63rd Street. The original. So the original, and, and that's always been the same location. It's 63rd yes. Hamlin. Yes. We were actually in Rockwell, like a little bit down from Hamlin, but it was always on that street, like around there. And so. there was a store at Rockwell, the, the Plermos of 63rd on Rockwell, that was like which 70s. is not there. It's not there. 70s. But was that a storefront like this it where was this was a takeout? smaller this Frankfurt location. There so was you guys like had your oven? And, and that was and it. There, it was one oven. It was ridiculous. One oven. My, and they, my family couldn't even speak English. And I don't know how they did it, but they pulled it off because they they went against Giordano's. That's when Giordano's first went open. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit because it's hard for, you know, they didn't even speak any English and they built something that stayed around for 60 right. years. So that's pretty cool, especially nowadays with all this competition. It's like, yeah, big brothers buying everything out, you know. Yeah. Well, my pizza shops are really, I mean, there's one, I mean, in Chicagoland area. They're still all pretty much independent family. Yes, there's for a quality pizza, for good pizza, right. real I, pizza, not not mass produce. Yes, and you have some of the franchises that sold out, and, and they're becoming mass produced. Yes, and you, and you know like, it, and yeah. you could tell based off the ingredients. I think so. You, oh, 100 percent. I'm a big fan of food. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, but you know that. Uh, so, all right. So, your uncle Ben, Ben, so Ben opened. The- ben, that's not an Italian name. Benedetto. Benedetto. Oh, there we go. Don't let me hit the <laughs> mic again. There Don't we let go. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, what, was he adopted? Ben, that's not Italian. <laughs> ben, hey, Benny. No, so, yeah, so he okay. went to Oakland, and now his son runs that one, and they do a good job. And then, so Frank and Joe stayed on 6-3rd. Joe passes away. Then I get called down to come. From the minor leagues? From the minor leagues he, in you like Detroit, point to Michigan. His, you point to his, his arm, calling from a relief? Yes. So, you know. I, you know, they didn't, but the nice thing about it is they didn't pressure me. You know, they're just like, your uncle's gone. What should we do? Um, so we, how did this go down? So I'm picturing this and I'm, I'm just trying to put like a little bit more of a humor spin because it's sad. It's right. losing, losing your mentor is, is, that's a tough thing. Like someone that you look forward to, that's look, look up to, that's mm-hmm. not a parent, but is like an older brother. And I, I had an uncle like that and, and that, that's crushing. That yeah. def- definitely is crushing because I feel that in every every young man's life, you know, you got your dad, but you also yeah. got my your, dad. I look up to too. You got your big older brother. Then you got your brother. Yeah, I never yeah. had brothers. I looked yeah. up to my sister. I always she always protected me when yeah. I was little. She's tough. I definitely she's tough. She's Italian. Yeah, Sicilian women are Doesn't, dangerous. Well, I know. I've got a good idea how dangerous <laughs> she is, but it's. You know, so I'm picturing like you get this call and all of a sudden you go to the back of the restaurant and there's like a table sitting there and they're like, sit down and there's like 15 yeah. Italian dudes sitting around you. <laughs> they didn't give me a choice. They didn't get a choice. It's like, yeah, you're going to retire from the car, the car design business and you're going to come work for the pizza design business. Exactly. It was, it was weird, but at the same time, I felt like this is something that needs to be done. Um, 
So, you know, when they didn't, like, really pressure me, even though you can kind of see Guido on the side, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was it was okay. Like, I was okay with it. It wasn't like I was like, oh, man. Because what I did was I kept drawing and sketching and, you know, at home right. it was fine. Because it's a hobby. It it's was therapeutic hobby. for you. Yes. I wish I could do it more now. Like, you, you know, you have, like, certain... Hobbies, or do you not yeah. have hobbies now? Me? Because you're just this working. This is my hobby. Day. I know. Well, this is good. I, I love this. Uh, this is therapeutic so, for me. I, I would like to do something like this, but in the drawing levels. I mean, maybe I should. You inspire me to do it. I'm going to do it. Really? Because I always like, I don't have time. I don't have time. But You have to has find time. time. Yeah, nobody, everybody's busy, right? You rob time from the beginning of your day and the end of your day. And, you know, just like you, you know, you have the kids, right. and they are super busy. Yep. They're super good in sports. You have a, a, a wife that's a professional. Yes. That she's also working a full-time schedule. She, I don't know how the heck she does it. But. You know, and what we're, it's the same in my home. It's my, my wife, she's going back to school again. Yes. To get another master's degree. She's going to have more master's degrees than master's programs. She's a master. Yeah, she's a master of master's degrees. And, you know, I have my thing that I do, my, my mortgage job that's, you know, it's all day. Yeah. You know, it's a startup company where it's not truly a startup, but they're on they're well, well on their way to being very, very well. I mean, they're already very well right now, but it's, you know, so I have that during the day. And, and it's not a traditional nine to five job. Right. You know, my calls start coming oh. in the early morning and they go all the way to the, you know, late afternoon, evening. Uh, and, you know, the other things that I have, but I need to, f- I needed something that I could feel good where I, I feel like I'm making a difference. Yes. And for me, that's this is to share stories like yours and all the other people that I talk to. Because someone will gravitate to your story. All it takes is one person mm-hmm. and be like, man, you know, I, I listened to, you know, Paul from Palermo's story and it was awesome. What, what a motivating story. And mm-hmm. I've heard that many of times in the last, since I started this in July. Oh, yeah. Many, many of times. I'm a big this, fan. This I listen story. when I'm driving to Indiana. And it's therapeutic for me. And yeah. I, I pray to God every night that one day that this could become a, full, a full-time I gig. Think it, I think it will. But it just takes time and hard work. Just like just everything like everything else. Everything else. It doesn't come right. overnight. And, and sharing stories of people. And I'm very thankful right now that I have so many people I know in my network. Like my good friend of mine, LT, he yes, and he awesome. told me your your cell phone's a million dollars. I started laughing. I think it's five hundred bucks. It's iPhone LT. He's like, no, the contacts you have in That's there. True. And every interview I have is based off of somebody that I've known and I've gotten to know over the years. That's that's awesome. Because of their stories to me, and I think to other people are amazing. They are amazing uh, testimonies of mm-hmm. perseverance. Amazing testimonies of growth. And if I have the opportunity to share it, mm-hmm. you, I've I got a medium to do it. I've got two microphones I bought off of an this Amazon. Is great stuff, dude. I, I got a, a computer that you know that I have here, a fancy computer, as part of one of my sponsors helped me out purchase it. I didn't know it, you can do this. Like when you did this, I was just like, you know, you put your mind to it and you did it. And I did I'm it. like, I learned about it. I, like, wow. I, I learned about it, you know, just like how I learned how to do graphic design work, yeah. how bad like Photoshop it, and yes. but I use oh, it. I know my my yes, days. I know. You played with my photoshopping, but those were. Those but I enjoyed doing it. That was therapeutic. That's therapeutic for me. Yes. Like I could sit there at when at, at the end of the night when Sarah's doing her homework and the kids are in bed. Yeah. You know, and they some people watch decompress TV decompress. Yes. I go on here and I'll edit a podcast, or awesome. I'll mess with a photo, or yeah. I'll make like a fun. I'll show you a video I made the other day, of uh, of our, our buddy Paul. Oh. Yeah, he laid himself up pretty good for a good make, <laughs> good photo for video editing. Now I'm doing video editing where I, I'm learning how to, to put manipulate. people into videos. Wow. 
and just self-taught, but it's therapeutic. It's that's true. It, I have to get figure out the time like that or something because I need it. And your you, day is like my day. Like you don't know what you're going to get into, right? No, every day is like, different. And that's what's cool about our jobs, right? Yeah. Like we come in there, like everybody has the, you know, check the emails every day, do this, do this. That. I tell my wife is I go into work and I don't know where I'm going to end up or who I'm going to call or yeah, kind of just go through the day. Right? And you built and you built it like that because it was successful. That's successful for you and your business model. Yeah, it's not organized, but yeah, well, some, to you it's organized. It works, right? It's your plan. Yeah, I mean, and, and I like going to work every day. It's not yeah. boring, you know. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're in the kitchen, and you had all the uncles, yes, and all, all the all the bosses from the neighborhoods the sit down around you. You're in a suit. I, I picture like a little <laughs> Joe Pesci. My mom picked my suit out. And she she's did. Like, was it like a confirmation suit, but for the business passing yes. of the torch? I had a patch on the left side. I almost hit the table. You did. And um, did you have like a big cross hanging? Yes. Right here? Cool. I had All right. a cross. And the horns, the Italian horns. I don't know what's my chest. I grew I don't up know a little hairier that day. Thing. But I do know that chest hair was it just, just you're, you're out of control. This shape. is out of control. So uh, basically, they said, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I was just like, well, I want to do what's right. And they're like, well, whatever you think is right. And I'm like, I want to keep the family business going because that's what you guys work. My grandpa, they came here. When you came from Italy, you were either a barber or you made pizzas, basically. And my family made pizzas. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Paul, it's like I'm, I'm laughing because all my, like, I got my one friend, Nick Martino. He's, he's a, a barber. See? I'm and he's you. from Italy. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like everybody has, like, you know, their... Ethnicity, yeah. like Mike, the, Mike the Italian. That's why I call him. He's the barber on Harlem because he's from Italy. He's Italian. I call him Mike the Italian. Do you know any Dominics? Dominic the Barbers? <laughs> Dominic the Donkey? I'm just kidding. It's a beautiful Christmas song. But anyways, we're sidetracking. So, yes. um, yeah, so it would, uh, so, you know, basically I, I said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, go in the family business, pizzeria business, and, and I kind of put car design on the side, but it was fine. My dad wasn't too happy because he spent a bunch of bucks, but. How old were you? So I was uh, 25. Wow. So yeah. that's a major decision. Yeah. Uh, a huge yeah. life turn at 25. Yeah. It was it was a hard decision, but, you know, Ella backed it up. Yeah. You know, and she's in a professional. She's like, you know, she's an attorney. She's a very good attorney. And she's, she kind of was like, yeah, the pizza business is fine. She wasn't like, oh, you know. Great. Now you're going to smell like pepperoni every day when you yeah. go home. You know, she was You guys were together for what? 7 years oh, at that point. When yeah. did you guys been, meet? We met junior year of high school. Yeah. Um, mutual friends. Um, yeah. And she went to Sandberg, I went to Maris, and then we stayed together when I went to car design school and she went to Notre Dame. Yeah. Which was amazing. So we've been together for over 20 some years. It was ridiculous. Wow. Um so yeah, she was always very supportive of any decision I made. So you were both 25, because she's the same age as we are. Right? Yes. So yes. We're, we're both 25, and uh, and we graduated the same year. We were all yeah. high school classes yeah. in 97, which is wild. And, and, you st- and you still look like your mid-20s, and I look like no, you look I look good. like grandpa. Look I look like Wilford Brimley. <laughs> it's all the olive oil. It is. It is. I um, gotta get some so, of that. So, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to be friends with you. I'm just saying, I'm not, not to mean cheesy, but it's yeah. like we've always kind of synced. Ever since you came to me at Cardinal Bernadine, I was just like, this guy's one of us. Yeah. You know? We yeah. all have that kind of same, want to help people, good people. Yeah. And like you said, you know, this is why you're successful and this is why people are because I believe I'm a big advocate in, in helping each other because in this world, everybody needs help, I think, yeah. especially nowadays. I mean, 
it's 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 a weird world out there. So you got to use your sources, you know. You're 100% correct. It's it's we're all very fortunate. We talk about this offline a lot about we're we're all in positions where we can we can help it's something in some way. Yes. In someone. Yeah. And how do you utilize your resources? And we all come from you call the old school approach of True. you take care of each other and yeah. it, it's a giant community, a giant family. And, you know, it's not about the payback. You know, it's no, about making sure that someone's on their feet so then they can pay it forward. Right. They can pay it forward, not pay it back. And if you're able to lay somebody up, give a layup to somebody, you know, that they're able to do that. Not Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but somewhere down the line, they're right. able to pay forward whatever their expertise or their wealth. And I don't mean money-wise, but wealth of knowledge, wealth of resource, and, and they can pay that back. And that's... And I really believe that's like the the meaning of life. If you can continuously do that, like you do, and and you've continuously done, that's you want that. That's it, life's not about stuff. It's right. about how you can help people, not about how much stuff you can accumulate and show. It's true. You know, it's about paying it forward. All right. So you guys are twenty five now. Were you and Ella? I mean, obviously, you guys are pretty committed. You guys all you known each other since junior year of high school, it's, right. and that's what sixteen. So we're looking almost on 10 years of a relationship. Did yeah. you got a ring on her hand yet? Some type of commitment at that point? Yeah, I think I did uh, propose because we got married in her 26. Yeah, like that really? year when, when I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And she she's always been have her ducks in a row, you know. Yeah, she is you know, literally. She's that type A. She's a general in, oh. in the, the army of life. She's, yeah, and she has that old school background too, where yeah. Polish old school. Like I work hard, and I can, you know, I really don't need you. I can do it myself. And I know she her could. parents are from Poland, right? Yes, and they didn't speak any English either. So her and her sister, Jerry's the best. Oh, Jerry's old. I, school. I never was able. To, I never had the opportunity to meet their mom because right. they passed. Very away. wonderful woman as well. But I, I can. I whenever I talk to Jerry, it, it's just when I would see him up at see him up at the fest and. Again, the type of guy Jerry is, where it's like I've known him for years. Yeah, oh, and yeah. He's I have conversations those... with him, and and it's just uh, he's just a great man. For the little I've got to know of him, you know, I, I've known him just in brief. Right, but you can just tell you're you're old school immigrant. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna kick butt, right. and I'm not gonna take any excuses. It's whatever hands dealt to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the best I gotta do with it to keep moving forward and provide for my family. It's true, and I think the girls pulled a lot from that too. And of course, you know he doesn't think when he speaks sometimes, and you know everybody. Well, the old timers don't. Oh yeah, the old school. Nobody, guys. Nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. But you just take the good from, you know, take the good from it, and yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, so I think we got married uh, the year after, um, and then um, we. When did you guys get married? Twenty, twenty oh seven. Seven or something? Yeah. Really. We Come on, you should know this because if she's going to listen to this, you don't know this. What, what wedding anniversary do you guys got coming up? You got to know that. April. No, I know month oh. weenie. So but 18, like what year? Eighteen years. So you're eighteen years. Yes. So let's do the math. That's crazy. Oh boy. All right. So if it's two thousand two, when did you guys get married? April. Uh, you said. Yeah. So eighteen years. We're going to do the math. We're going to minus that. So you guys got married in two thousand five. Yeah, that's right. Because I opened this place. 2005. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad we figured it out. It's 18 years. So April You're better comes. at math than me. So Why well, I had to do long math. I had to do it on my hand with common cores. You're good at numbers, though. I, 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 I did it. I should be good at numbers. I carry numbers and stuff. I can just hit microphones. 
<laughs> you punch that thing like it, like it owed you money. All right. So you so she was on board. This was a very very big risk because you yeah. had a lot of time and money invested into the car design. Yep. You come into the restaurant business mm-hmm. and you you open up Frankfurt. Yeah, the location. it was a long shot. Like, you know, there was there was nothing out really, here. Well, there's a Relios, which is one of the biggest pizzerias in the world. Yeah. And that, of course, the biggest location. Guess where it's at? That's bigger than Homewood. Yeah, Frank- Frankfurt. It's huge. Really? So, you know, Uncle Frank's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I was like, we got to try. Because we moved to Mokina. And Mokina's downtown's a little smaller. So I'm like, I, you know, there was this little space open on Route 30. And I figured, hey, there's a McDonald's there. Like, usually when there's a McDonald's, you're going to be busy, right? Real Estate 101, McDonald's and Chase Banks. So, That's yeah, what you want to Because I for. didn't take any classes. All I know how to do is draw. But yeah. the common sense you said, common hey, sense. I had a little common sense. Sometimes I don't, though. You know you that. You do. I think it's masked. I think it's, <laughs> it's calculated. I'm going to call it calculated common sense. Dominic the donkey common sense. I'll tell you yeah. what. I mean, it's a mean ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So then, so then I just, you know, we just, we rolled with it. And, you know, I, I'm very grateful. Frankfurt's one of the busiest stores. And the, the community out here, you know, like even Orland, Orland Hills, Frankfurt, Mokina, they're great. Everybody's great. Yeah. You know, they're, they're four businesses. They, they want us to do well. Right. Um, some, unfortunately, some, some towns don't. I'm not going to name towns, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. they're the type of people that want to help you. Yeah. They respect you know. small businesses and family-owned businesses. And, and the whole organization behind it. And I'm not just saying that, but I'll be honest with you, because I've run three places in three di- you know, different townships, different states. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging because... As a business owner, the last thing you need is the city or the village giving you a really hard time when it's not necessary. And as you know, you got so much other stuff going on when you have an entrepreneur and you have all this other stuff going on. So that was a plus. And Frankfurt, I have to say, stepped it up and they helped me out. Yeah. Um, and if I needed a permit, they said, okay, just get it, blah, blah, blah. And I never did this before because the last time a place was open was in Chicago in the 60s. So, um, and don't even ask me how they did that, because, you know, Uncle Frank can even speak English hardly. But they did it. So I'm they like, made it work. I'm like, you know what? I, I could figure it out. So we opened it. It went really well. Um, I mean, you know, you do have your, your first, second, your, your two years are challenging. But we at least paid the bills and paid the rent. And then it just started growing ever since. So, and it's small, but right. it cranks. But it works. Yeah, it works. So you, you were young, young man, business kids came your oldest came in 2009 and that's the only reason i know that because your son and my daughter are the same age yes good kids by the yeah, way yeah knock on wood they were take in care, class together they take care of they take after our our, our wives we were in our class that yeah. one time remember kyle you i drew you a picture you did yeah i do remember maggie that. and peter were like just disgusted by us <laughs> their art teacher was laughing at me these two schmuck fathers look at these sitting in those small chairs yeah, like my, my, it looked like i it felt like my chair was a thong it ate, <laughs> it ate my butt <laughs> <laughs> my buddy, the chair, <laughs> the little good chairs. Uh, so you you had a small family. <laughs> you had a small. See, this is a problem: is that we both have severe ADHD, and we'll get yeah, off to, we'll get off topic. The coffee just amplifies. Yeah, it. and we're like looking out the window and seeing cars pass by and who's coming in. <laughs> All right, so they had uh, <laughs> because it's true. You had a small family. You had a wife that was an attorney and very very busy attorney. And you were, you learned, you cut your teeth in 63rd. Mm-hmm. You roll the dice big time, open up a shop here mm-hmm. where, where this, where this part of, of the Chicagoland suburbs, Frankfurt, Mokina, New Lenox, yep. 
is is literally on the brinks of exploding or it started the explosion of population. You have relatively on-the-job business experience. You have no business planning, technical business no, planning. No, no classes. I've never took a business class in my life. No, no real estate planning of no. where you should put a store based off of you know traffic flow, based off of um, you know visibility, uh, location. You know, you hear that location, location, location. That couldn't be any more true. But you found this spot here. You knew the community because you lived in Mokina. Yes. You know, and, and you lived in Orland. You grew up in Orland, and yes. Mokina's right down the street. Yes. And so here we go. You're here. You're here seven days a week. Okay, you're here from from open to close because probably trying to find staff at that point, brand new staff. Yeah, it's real well, tough. It was rough. It was a rough two years. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a revolving I door. Some guys from Sixty Third because you wanted equality to be there too. Yeah. You know. So. So little by little, you you ramped up. And a lot of it from, from outside looking in is community involvement. Oh, yeah. And you are so involved with the community, with different groups, charitable organizations, schools, um, government townships, like with, with seniors and, and, and the Army, the National Guard uh, that you guys are doing today. You're doing that big catering order today to the National Guard Armory. Mm-hmm. That ramped up over time. It did. Okay. But when you were at 63rd, did you see your uncles do that a lot? Because, again, they, they were immigrants coming over from from Italy, from uh, Sicily. It's funny you mention that because my Uncle Frank, my other mentor, he was a Franciscan. Okay. And he actually went to seminary. Explain the Franciscan. We have some people that aren't so, the Catholic. a lot of Franciscans, they kind of, they're, they're what whole What is that? Mission. Explain it. It's, uh, it's basically a monk organization. You have Capuchins, Franciscans. And the Franciscans did a lot of charity work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like to help people. They give a lot. Um, so Frank actually, like I wanted to be a designer, he was going to be a priest. So when he went to Italy, he studied in the seminary. And he always was a giving person. And like you say, it has to come from somewhere, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of would watch him. He would do a lot of volunteer work. Um, he would donate a lot of food. Um, and then he just, till this day, he still tries to do that. And I kind of learned from them and kind of inspired me to do that because it, it's not like I expect anything, but it just feels good when you help people. Like you said with the Santa Claus thing. Like mm-hmm. if, if you can get up in the morning and be like, I feel good, then why not feel good? And if that makes you feel good, then just do it. So I kind of, you know, learned from him and that's where I, that's where it kind of came into play. Um, so unfortunately when he came to the States, he didn't like the whole, I don't know if it was the structure or whatever. So he ended up getting in the pizza business. So he didn't do priesthood, but he still kept that kind of same values that he feels strong about. And, you know, that's kind of what I learned from him on that aspect. Um, and uh, like, like you said, we, you know, we both try to help people and charity is important. And it kind of just inspired me to do it. This podcast is being recorded in a live restaurant. Workers are there. They're getting all the food ready. Phones ringing. You can hear the coolers in the background because Paul's sitting right by the coolers. It is a fantastic scene. What's happening right now as we record the podcast for Palermo's the 63rd with Paul Bale. But what's awesome too, though, is that they're preparing a meal, a, a catering meal, and that's one of the things that Palermo's the 63rd does quite well. Is they do catering specifically during that busy season, which is now the Christmas season. 
families are having their family parties. Uh, they need a lot of food for a lot of people at fantastic quality and fantastic prices. And Palermo's the 63rd does that. Palermo's the 63rd either out of Northwest Indiana and the south suburbs in Frankfurt or out of the city location. They all cater and they can make your Christmas party a lot easier so you're not worrying about cooking food for all the relatives. Give Palermo's 63rd a call and you will get a fantastic meal. They have fantastic everything. Look at the uh, menu uh, online. They got it going. So this Christmas season, think of Palermo's the 63rd for your catering needs. You, you help so many people out here. You're, you're, I mean, your wall here of, of people that came back, said hello. And it's because you guys are a family. You've created that culture, the Palermo family culture. When you were coming out here from Frankfurt, a lot of the uh, families from around here are south side implants. They're south. Yes. They're, they're from the NYC south side, the south, south part of Chicago, the south communities of Chicago. They've moved out to the suburbs. Yes. And they knew Palermo's 63rd Pizza from their time living in the, in the neighborhoods of Chicago. Coming out here, how much did that have to play of people knowing, hey, is that Palermo's 63rd? Is that, are you related to Frank? Are you related to Joe? Or yeah. How much did you get of that out here? It was amazing. Like, as soon as we opened the doors, they were, like, waiting. So really? Without that, without that community... I wouldn't last a year easily. I would have been shut down right away. And that community more or less was built with, with Frank and Joe yes. giving back. Ben, ben, ben and Ben, I'm sorry, and, and Ben giving back to the community. They did, you since know, day one. Day one. And they knew that. And that it's a part of the brand and part of the culture of Palermo's, the community of Palermo's, is that we give back. And we have, we have loyalty to our community. We yep. take care of our community. We have loyalty to the customer. But it's almost like it's not a customer. It's a family. You know, yeah, you, you don't want to say customer because you've known families that have came in here since oh, generation, yes. generational families. Frank Caesar, kids, kids, kids. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's the customer word is, I, I would think it would be more for the big corporate approach. But for this approach, it's family. It's like a cousin. It's like a second cousin. Or everyone's got that fake uncle, right? Yeah. It, they're all like uncles and cousins. and, and true. And, but that's the culture you guys created. I agree. I, I think that's something special and kind of cool to be part yeah. of. Yeah. So, I'm going to say this too: is that you've created that within a work environment in this in this uh, store here. Now, I don't know the 63rd family well, but I know a good deal of. Oh, you of, know a lot of these girls and guys. Yeah, and, and they're and they're good people. They're happy. They're happy to work here. They're I excited. Think, yeah. I mean, the chaos that goes on Friday. <laughs> Friday, there's a line out the door like you guys are giving away pies for free. <laughs> And it was insane busy here Friday night when we picked up the pizza. But everybody had that energy and everybody had that smile. Like they that's want they hear. wanted to be here. And that, you know? that's you know, to have a crew like that is ble- is just a blessing. Yeah. And they wanna work. And you know, I was telling them that so like me and Ella get in this little argument, like see she's like, if you're a boss, you know, not, I'm just saying she's more of like the rigid type, like corporate. Corporate like, you know, that's not you shouldn't be listening to that. That's and I was like, I'm the opposite. And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but when the, these workers have problems, they talk to me about it. Right. right. Like a leader. Like, say you, like in law enforcement, whatever. Yeah. You know, this one of your, you know, workers, whatever, they have a yeah. problem. Mm-hmm. Mentally, you're not supposed to bring it into work, but if you're able to help them, I'm sure you would talk to your partner. Right. Be like, hey, with, you know, on the side note, you okay? You need to talk. And that's how I kind of feel about us here, like a family. 
almost. And I think that's why a lot of people stick around. I've had workers for, even in Frankfurt, eight, six years, which is, and even if they leave, they still come back or they still work. They have kids and they come back because they miss that, you know, in corporate America, I don't think you have that type of, I mean, you, you build relationships, but you don't have that value, kind of like that family value. So not even is it, it's not even outside the business, but even internally. And I mm-hmm. think you can see that when you said they're excited to be there. Yeah. This is an escape. You know, everyone says work. And I think that might be the equation of life is if you can find when you have to go to work, you don't call it work anymore. You know, it's an escape. So if someone's having a bad day, so say Kyle works for you, he he makes pizzas and him and his his girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the relationship at the home is, whatever the home dynamic, they're having that bad day and they and they come to work. Well, if they're having a bad day, what are they probably going to bring to work? Attitude. Attitude, bad. Negativity. But if they, if they come somewhere knowing that their family here yes. will lift them up, you know, will make them feel good, make them feel how they wish they felt earlier in the day, well, that ultimately returns helps this family here, helps Palermo's, Palermo's yes. the 63rd, because now the quality is great it's it's not it's lacking because they're negative they're not right. putting giving half efforts they're not giving half attitudes because the culture here is family it's you should you feel good when you come here and the customer feels good when yeah. they come here hence why they keep coming back and why they you have your regulars you got your friday nighters or your oh, thursday yeah. nighters or you know exactly who orders at what time and and i never taught them that they just do it and, and they put pride into it like they own the place and yeah. that's the best thing a business owner can have is somebody who treats their business like their own business they own it yeah they own i mean it. that i mean and you know what it's hard like I, i'm not saying like every location is going to be like that if you do open a business but again, time, it takes time, you know, even with this podcast, like I've, I've learned in life, you know, you're not successful just like in one or two years. It's no. just a process. Yeah. Step by step, little by little, you know, you'll eventually see it at the end, even though you think that you get setbacks, you know, nobody's successful overnight. It takes time. Right. You know, the whole business takes time. So I think that's what Plermos has. They have that family inside. Um, and you know these guys and girls they they give their heart and everything as if they own the place and I'm so proud of them because I might be here for four or three hours but then I go to the next location but they still keep it there you know they keep it they hold the fort down which is nice yeah um, so that's kind of cool and, and even on their days off sometimes I see like I'll come in here to do inventory and I see like you know Jeff or somebody in the back chilling I'm like you're off today you're not working He's like ah, I just wanted to stop by and I told someone a customer that like I never go to my work when I don't have to work. Yeah. And, and that's a cool thing. So it's kind of like... Because they don't think of this as work. No. They just come in. They're like, oh, I just want to chill out. Yeah. And, you know, some of the college kids, they won't even be delivering. And they'll stop in here and chill out in the back. Because they feel good being just here. Just to be around these guys. You know, being the culture. And girls, yeah. So you have the 63rd and Hamlin location. It's your original. Frank's out there. Yeah. He's Frank's holding out on the fort. Oh, yeah. And then... We'll say 2018 rolls in and you guys start weighing possibly opening up a new shop yeah we were we kind of were thinking about it um you know 63rd unfortunately a lot of the clientele moved out so right um just like in anything you just gotta like kind of like adapt to the times like you know you don't have all your client base as you did um 60 years ago so neighborhoods you know, change yeah it's changed a little they, bit they age um, out I hate to say age out, but 
they yeah. get older and they pass away and families move out of they homes move out or of yeah the area and less population mm-hmm. um uh, so, you know, it still does okay. You know, people come to the original because they think it tastes the, the, same, the best, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's a nostalgia of it. Like, you go there it and it's like the old school restaurant. And I know. And nothing's changed. The wallpaper. And, and it's awesome. It's, it is fantastic. It's, it's hilarious. The carpet. I mean, we clean it, but it's just like the old school. It's floral, old school. Like the plastic couches when you yeah. used to go. The yeah. plastic on the, the coverings couches. and you stick to the couch. Yeah, you go to grandma's house and you gotta walk right on there. runways of plastic because the carpet can't be stepped on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people like. I mean, they like it, so we keep it. And it's original, and I, I, you know, I'm gonna try to keep it as long as I can. Um, uh, so, and we do a lot of the sauce and stuff over there because the coolers are bigger and just got more resources. Got there. more resources. The the meat supply company's yeah. closed. The cheese yeah. guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So. That Frank holds that place down. I I go there twice, three times a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, so then we decided to kind of think about a third location. Um, whether or not we're gonna phase out six third, not sure. Um, but I think if we did, people will still feel like it's the original, no matter where we're at, because of like you were talking about the culture. Um, so then we decided to open a place in Indiana. Where in Indiana? So, Maryville, Hobart, we were looking at, um, we were kind of debating. Crown Point and Valpo, the rent was a little higher. Yeah. Um, But not being a logistics guy, whatever, um, Frank kind of was like, a lot of people are moving to Indiana. And I was just like, yeah, you know, that would be a good move because there's not a a lot of good pizza places out there. So, Frank was driving around. And you can go on, I don't know, the websites and look up every. Right demographics of whatever but frank's radar found this little place it was was, it wasn't little it was huge actually it was a barbecue place called kenny ribs and it was by a home depot right in a strip mall called south lake mall yeah um and he drove by it three times and he's like hey hey i think i found the place and i'm like i'm still looking on computer and all stuff right and i'm like it can't be the place. Like, you just don't drive and be like, this is going to be a Palermo's. But I kid you not, I've never seen my uncle so passionate about a place because he's always, like, conservative. Like, he didn't want to open up Frankfurt at all um, because he, he, he hates change, obviously. The bad thing about kind of older people. Is oh, yeah. I know that from my family business. <laughs> you know that. Someone doesn't like change. He doesn't like change. And, you know, and even Ella says, sometimes I don't like change, and I agree with her because you have to. Yeah. But he was so passionate. You have to agree with Ella, or do you have to like change which one? I think both, Kyle. <laughs> <clears throat> I love my wife. She keeps yeah. me in check, <clears throat> as you know. Oh, yeah. They're great people. Yeah. But I learn from that. I learn every day, and uh, she puts up with my stuff. And um, so Frank found this place. Um, and I called the landlord, and I just wanted half of it. Because I was scared. It was huge. There's like a banquet side. And I just wanted to start small like Frankfurt. And the landlord was great. He's like, listen, I'll give you... Sorry about the ring. No, it's a working environment. You, this is he awesome. Said, <laughs> you got... It's this early. Who's be calling this early for pizza? People that want pizza right what now. Time, like, what time is it? 9.30? Uh, 9.16. 9.16. Wow, we've been talking that long. Holy cow. I'm telling you, that's... This is how fast things go. You get into saying. conversations like this. Next thing you know, it's two and a half hours. And I have a hard stop time, but we're really starting to get 
into into the conversation. Okay. Like, there's but you can edit stuff. this too, right? Or no? No. Why am I going to edit it? Because right, it's original. Right. It's, it's raw. I it's, know, but there's a couple pauses that I Well, had. besides a point, you knocked out the microphone. You, had <laughs> you a can ta- edit you that had part? A, no, I can't. You had a tantrum. You hit the microphone. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, so so you found this place. So the landlord was nice enough to give us both sides and says, I'll give you a two-year with a three-year option. If it doesn't work out, that's it. you can walk. You don't have to stay there for five years, which is yeah. a nice... Again, I got lucky. So... I told my uncle two years if we, if it's not good we'll walk that's fine, and I appreciate the landlord um, at South Lake Mall they they're they're great people. Um, and but it's a big risk. It's, it's risky because you got to get all the equipment. Eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, and and so and at that time the economy is is at the peak. Yes, and people are saying, "Oh, eventually it's going to come down," or, or and there's a lot of volatile with elections and oh, it was, and, and government changes. And this is and, before COVID. And yeah, and not only that, but this is in an area that is more or less unknown. Yes. It's an unknown for you because yeah, you don't know the neighborhoods. Don't know anything. Besides everyone from Illinois is moving to Indiana. That's the only thing we knew. Yeah. Again, didn't take any classes, whatever. So Frank is like, well, yeah, so I, so I actually made the deal with the with the landlord. He was cool. I gave him a pizza, and it helped a little was bit. Was a contract inside the pizza? There, were, there was a contract in, uh, on, on the pizza? underneath the bag. Ella, she, uh, <laughs> she proofread it. And, Good. Um, so we did it. We closed the deal. Um, so we're there for another, I did extend it for another three years. So, again, three years, if it's not good, then we can leave. But so far, it's been steady considering. But the week after I signed the lease, after this was all said and done, I had to get the equipment. Then I, he was nice enough. Then I signed the lease. COVID hit. Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pause it on that okay. because this is, this is a huge topic of, of pressing on, of, of, uh, uh, of embracing the suck. Of right. when literally something that nobody knows that was coming right. completely alters the world like this. Like a snap of a finger that fast. And who does this affect? You. you, The small business owner. Yeah. So I'm going to pause. We're going to stop uh, on that point there. We've, this is a full hour. We've already no, talked. I can't believe it's it. It's insane. But I'm going to do a live commercial. And I pretty much, I've memorized what I wrote about Palermo's 63rd. You know, no, being being one of the most distinct pizzas, award-winning Chicago's best pizza. Yeah, I, I hear that on the last podcast because of the sauce. It's in every it's in every every yeah. podcast. It's I put right in the middle. I do it in the beginning, in the middle. But Palermo's sixty third pizza, conveniently located yeah. at sixty uh, third Hamlin, the original location in the city of Chicago, in Frankfort, Illinois, just north of the intersection of Route forty five and thirty, and out in brand new location. In Maryville, Indiana. And that's what we're talking about is the opening of the Maryville, Indiana. You guys won Chicago's Best. You guys, you were on the Chicago Best show. It was, it was a fantastic episode. I remember you gave me a call. You're like, Kyle, I'm going to be on Chicago's <laughs> Best. You got you to gotta bring the family out to the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, I, I remember that day. I you, called you. Yeah, you called. I was and excited. I'm like, oh, my God, man. I got, we had, like, you sports had, or something. Yes, or? It, was, it was a crazy weekend. And they didn't, you know, the Cubs won the World Series that time. Yeah. Yeah. So and it was just a bizarre year, and then you had so much stuff going on, but I I was I don't get out much, so I was kind of excited as I called you, and then was nice we did the curbside edition too. They called me for a second yes, time during COVID. During COVID. Yeah. Which helped me. I talk about and it's not like you know we, we have a relationship with them. They just called me like I you know that that kind of stuff is like the people will call and then be like hey you know I, I, I can you check out Plano's again or whatever. Right. 
So, and that, that COVID thing helped us too. Yeah. So you guys, how much Christmas catering do you guys do? Do a lot. Christmas catering is probably the busiest year. Um, yeah. What are the top things people order for Christmas so catering? Lasagna, baked mustacholi. Okay. They order... Um, what about that vodka sauce, that oh, creamy? That stuff sells like yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. you're telling me. I know why. Because like, the, you put like penny, crack in it. The, and people yeah, want to eat a whole vodka, tray. Even doctor's offices, they always order Yeah. That. So those would probably be the top three that... For order, catering. For catering, yes. All right, takeout. What's the top three that you see on takeouts? So Obviously the pizza. So the we're, pizza, we're gonna, beef sandwiches, and the pasta. People like the meat sauce, marinara. Really? Yeah. Those are your top three. Top three. Now, is it different between, like, have you noticed a difference between top three of 63rd, uh, Frankfurt, it's, or Merville? Because it's all consistent. Really? They all like the same thing. Really? Uh, it works. It's, it works. Yeah. Is there anything that you ever stick your neck out or like, hey, let's try this, Uncle Frank? And Uncle uh, Frank says, no, we're not trying it, and you try it? Yeah, there's a Calzones. Like, I never did Calzones before. Is that a Chicago thing, though? Yeah, but Uncle Frank didn't like folding the pizza. And we did it, and people love it. Really? I didn't even know you did Calzones. Yes. When did this start? Uh, a couple years ago. Really? Yeah. They like it. Frank didn't want to do it, though. No. Is that, is that big at the takeouts? sold a crazy amount of Calzones. Why don't we do that Do that at some of the other fests that I know of? You should. Calzones. But Kyle, it takes so long to make. Seriously? Oh, is it like you bake it, right? You make it, but you got to fold it. No, you it. bake it. You got to bake, bake it. bake it, and then it's like a lot of labor into it. Oh. So the time value, yeah, I get it. All right, we're going to talk more about that later. Paul Bale, Palermo's is 63rd. Thank you so much. We're here at the Frankfurt location, and uh, you got some caterings you got to get to, and I got a wrestling tournament I got to get to. All right, thank you, Kyle. Always a pleasure. That's a wrap on part one with Paul Bale of Palermo's is 63rd Street. We're actually recording that in the Frankfurt location. We're going to have part two in the Frankfurt location, too. We're going to be recording that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to hear all the action in the background. All the workers prepping for all the catering orders that are going to be going out uh, for that weekend for all the Christmas parties. Keep Plaremos 63rd in mind for your catering needs this holiday season or any type of catering. Graduations, any type of family parties, any type of corporate events, Plaremos 63rd does it. But after you eat all that Palermos, give Coach Jill at B3 a call. Uh, Coach Jill B3 Fitness, she is the one that has changed many of our lives, many of the listeners, my friends, my family, with customized plans for fitness as well as meals. After eating the Plermo's catered meal, working out with Coach Jill with B3 Fitness, what happens if you get a flat tire? TM Tire has two locations in the Chicago South Suburbs. TM Tire is both a passenger car tire and a commercial truck tire sales and service shop. Their friendly staff will be happy to quote you on any new tires, which also includes the sales and service of semi-truck tires. To all of our truck driver friends, TM Tire also recaps and sells semi-truck tires. After you receive the quote from Crestwood and New Lenox, Illinois locations, Tell them Kyle from the Ensprade podcast sent you and you'll receive $5 off the labor of every new tire purchased. Thank you once again. I hope everyone has great weeks. Until next time, guys, keep Ensprading. Thank you.